Anything is Potable is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Celtics ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get in the game. There are in-app panoramic seat view photos from every section. You can check out exactly what it would look like. I didn't know you were a panorama guy, but yeah, that seems fantastic. Big panorama guy. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. You are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible, hold the applause. <laughs> What's up and welcome back to the Anything is Potable podcast. It's your boy Jay King from The Athletic here with Sam Jam Packard, also from The Athletic and a special guest today, Fred Katz, the Wizards writer from The Athletic. Welcome to the podcast, Fred. I'm merely a boy. Just a boy? Not well, your boy. You're your boy. I'm just a boy. <laughs> I'm a mere unremarkable boy. And I'm just a remarkable grown-ass man. Most people say that. Many people are saying. <laughs> that was an absurd comment. Maybe Jay, you lead every comment. podcast by calling dubbing yourself a legend. I don't think that was that <laughs> absurd in the grand scheme of things. Fair enough. We've got, we've got to talk about some possible legends in the Boston Celtics who are now 8-1. Eight Eight-game winning streak. They are looking good. Gordon Hayward going down. Celtics still beat San Antonio after he falls victim to a broken fourth metacarpal. Fractured. That's a medical term. Fractured. fractured. Broken. Same damn thing. But So we'll, we'll, we'll discuss how the Celtics are reacting without Gordon Hayward. We'll discuss Ennis Cantor's return to the front court. I know Fred's a big Ennis Cantor guy, so... We had to bring him on to chat a little canter. And we've got maybe some Isaiah Thomas talk. He's coming back to Boston soon. And also, Settlers of Catan, we've got a Full in- junk drawer. Induct four new players to the Settlers of Catan table. Grant Williams' Settlers of Catan table. This is the one free show per week. To listen to it, follow us on iTunes or Spotify. Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe. You can also subscribe to all our shows on the Athletic app. Just search for us, follow us. Our podcast should show up, and you can listen to our voices just like you should. Let's start with Gordon Hayward going down. I'm glad you guys saved me for the free episode, by the way. Really excited. That's my uh, that's my value right now. We want everyone to be able to hear you, Fred. Right. You just want me to be. I'm just one of those accessible people. Fred, you're literally going to record a podcast after the game on Wednesday. That's, that's true. going to be the so, behind the paywall. That's so, true. Fred's going to be with us all week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm artist, so sorry. Artist take- that's, you know what? That's longer than I was on the Celtics beat. So it's that, fine. That is very true. Yeah. Former Celtics writer Fred Katz. <laughs> I, I forgot to, to write that. It will be on his gravestone, Celtics writer, for a week. I, I, was, a, I was a Celtics writer for, for the longest amount of time one can be without covering a actual Celtics event. Cause I, you I were came at summer in, league. Well, I guess that I guess summer league, 
But I, I came in the, the Monday I feel like I remember after... you going to one draft workout. Yeah, well, I went to that. But I'm thinking more. My first, my first day... A single draft workout. <laughs> my, my first day was the Monday after uh, they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. And my last day was the Friday before Media Day started. So I perfectly filled in the summer. You were and always will be a legend, which is why you're on this podcast. The legend, legendary. Not true. Just, just, just the boy. Still just a boy. <laughs> Still just a boy compared to me as a grown-ass man. Also playing like a grown-ass man this year is Gordon Hayward, which is why it was frustrating for him, frustrating for the Celtics, that he went down against San Antonio. Just kind of a fluke injury just kind of hit LaMarcus Aldridge. I still don't really understand what happened. I've watched the replay a number of times. I don't. I don't get it. Maybe his just hand a, a and dumb. fractured his hand. No, I got. I gathered that <laughs> there was some sort of contact, but I didn't see the exact intricacies of the contact. The intricacies, indeed. We've talked a lot about the Celtics bench, though, and how it's not very deep. Now the Celtics are going to need to deal for about six weeks without having one of their best players, the guy who maybe has played better than anyone else on their team so far. A guy I declared back at least three times in the first <laughs> eight games of the season. So, uh, so how do they fill in for him? How do they overcome that for a six-week span? Marcus Smart is a pretty good uh, option, but I think it's going to ruin their depth. Uh, we saw Jalen Brown come back and play uh, a solid role. I think they're just going to have to survive. Someone's going to have to step up. We saw Javante Green get some minutes, but... I don't think that's sustainable. I think lucky for them, if you look at the, I think he's, if, he, if it's exactly six weeks, they're going to miss, he's going to miss 18 more games. They don't have the toughest schedule in there. I think they play the Sixers on two back-to-backs, but that's about it. I think they can survive, but I don't know. It's, it's someone's going to have to step up on the, from the wing position, or they're going to have to get like a solid big who can actually play 30 minutes a game, which I just don't see happening. So they're really going to have to rely on, I think, on Jalen Tatum and Kemba to, to provide that scoring. Yeah, and, and that can be an issue. We saw in the Bucks game when Jalen was out, all those other guys played huge minutes. And Brad Stevens said after the game, he's like, I don't want to play them that many minutes, but when we have an injury there, that's it's tough. It's tough not to because they haven't really gotten anyone to step up off their bench. And Brad Wanamaker, as Brad Stevens put it, has been excellent. In his role. That's, Unprompted. That's Brad Stevens' take. At Brad least. Wanamaker, shout out. Every he, year. He might have heard you slandering Brad Wanamaker on the podcast. I did slander Brad Wanamaker, and ever since then, he's been playing well. So, causal effect? I don't know. But Brad Stevens, he always chooses one player to give a shout out to, unprompted. That question was about Javante Green, then he made, went out of his way. Last year, he did it with Terry Rozier just to make sure Terry Rozier was happy, which he wasn't the whole year. But Brad Wanamaker is not trash. Uh, con- contrary to popular opinion spoken on this podcast, not a horrendous basketball player. Actually, better than solid. <laughs> High praise. High praise. Brad Wanamaker, not trash. But he's going to be relied on a lot. And I think it's going to be important for the Celtics to develop somebody or find somebody to play well while Gordon Hayward is out. It might be Javante Green. It might be Carson Edwards. It could be, as Brad Stevens put it, the flavor of the day. Maybe Grant Williams will get more minutes. Maybe Shimmy Ojale will get more minutes. But they need to find something because... Do they really, though? Like, 
Kemba, say Kemba, Jalen, and Jason Tatum scored twenty over twenty points a game. But they had lineups where like just one of those guys on the court with four defensive minded dudes, and yeah, Kemba can carry an offense for stretches, but that's not ideal, and it might not work, and it puts a lot of stress on the four guys that they do have who make plays, and that's Kemba, Tatum, Brown, and Smart, and that's going to be the story of this season. Like everything is just on those guys. Everything. I, th- I think we know exactly what an offense looks like when Kemba has to have too much stress on him. The and has to score all the they time. They were 11th ranked right last I, year. I think, yeah, I, he, it looks okay. <laughs> he can it's do fine. it. He's very good. So they have him who can carry a whole offense, and then they have Tatum and Jalen Brown who can somehow be an anchor in those minutes when he's on the bench. I think they're like plenty capable. I don't. I don't think it's as drastic as like a an injury. Uh, one because he's coming back in six, like he's coming back before Christmas. The season doesn't even start till Christmas, and so <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> the the, game's se- not the even NBA count. season does not. That's start established canon. Like, Both James are talking about. And so I don't know. Like he's Hayward's going to have some rest. I just like I think they're going to be able to survive. Will they win eight games in a row? I don't think so. Crazy stat I saw: eight game win streak, longest win streak of Kemba's career, which is which is wild to me. He's uh, why is that wild? He's been know. on the Hornets, Sam. He's the a winner. Hornets. I thought he was a winner. Apparently not. He is a winner who's just around non-winners. Apparently can't carry an offense, though, One. because you're you're worried the Celtics are going to implode because of Gordon Hayward. Not Hayward's implode. Up there. I just think it's going to be a stretch where they're challenged and tested, and they will be thin. Whenever one of their main guys is out this year, they're going to be thin, and... But I read an article from, I think it was on TheAthletic.com by this uh, grown-ass man, Jay King, talking about the Celtics' defense. And so you're very much concerned about the offense of like how much of their defense is impacted. Which is currently second-ranked so far. Yeah, they're playing the quite offense. well. That's why it's like, and I think they played great defense in the second half of that uh, Spurs game and against the Mavericks. And so Gordon Hayward's a very solid defender. He gives some size, but I think the way they're playing with playing small and fast, I think they're, like, they can still plug in and be a very solid defensive team. I've been impressed by them all season, but to me, the last two wins have been their best two wins. They never win in San Antonio. It just doesn't happen for them. And they went in, and not only did they win after Gordon Hayward went down, they won while shutting down LaMarcus Aldridge, who has always just torn them apart. And if you looked at the Celtics' defense, the one thing that they truly should be susceptible to is size. Sheer size, post-ups. But they're like, they're double-teaming, they're scrambling around. Tice is blocking shots. Robert Williams is looking useful and blocking shots. They look a lot more capable defensively, especially at the center position, than I expected. And and then they come back, and Hayward's out, and Jason Tatum goes one for 18. It was ugly. And they still beat a good Mavericks team. Eh, let's not go too far that team, about the Mavericks. That team is number one in offense right now. They did not look number one in offense playing yeah, against... Yeah, well, that's that's to the point of like the defense being legitimately good. If Chris Tapp's Porzingis was at all a reasonable player, that team should be so much better. Because Luka is insane, but that team... Let's not slander Chris Tapp's. How can you watch that if game and not slander Chris Tapp's? Brad, Brad Stevens' teams have always done well against Chris Tapp's. He throws Marcus Smart on Chris Tapp's, 
And Marcus Smart, just the noise of the living. Since his rookie year when he was with the Knicks, I remember Chris Stapp's rookie year, Marcus Smart coming out and guarding him for like the third quarter of a Knicks-Celtics game and bothering the living hell out of him by just being Marcus Smart. Chris Stapp struggles against those small guys, and like Brad Stevens has always been good at figuring out how to make big guys uncomfortable in spite of their size. He does that on so many plays, like on ATOs, he's so good at pulling big guys out of the paint, all that kind of stuff defensively, and then making guys uncomfortable offensively. I don't know, Chris Stapps is really good. He His his analytics have been bad this year, but he's really good. They did a good job on him. There's a, he's like, what, minus 17 net rating when the minutes Chris Stapps is on the court? I feel yeah, like, how do you not slander Chris Stapps? Chris Stapps was objectively bad against the Celtics. He well, Dwight Powell played over him. Uh He's just not good. He has not been good this year. So you have to uh, slander Chris Stapps. Uh, the Celtics, I don't understand how the Mavericks were number one in offense. Like Luka. Luka is objectively very good. I would Not many people are ready to say that, but I would say he's a very good basketball player at this point. I think everyone's pretty ready <laughs> to say that. <laughs> he's quite good. And so I like he's very, very impressive. But I just don't see how the Mavericks uh, are number one in offense. They have like a... I know I've heard stories about their deep bench, but I just didn't understand like why, how they've been competitive this Finish entire year. Smith, their, their bench unit's been really good. Their starters haven't been that Jose good. That's Juan. why Chris Stapps has that. Jose Juan Barea. One thing, though, the Celtics have been historically good under Brad Stevens at messing with big men and making them uncomfortable on both sides of the floor. Like you talk about... Uh, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge having trouble against them. They've been really good under Brad Stevens on both sides with his ATOs being able to pull big men out, disrupting bigger guys by putting smaller guys on them. It's really nice to have Marcus Smart. I remember Chris Stapps' rookie year. It was like the third quarter of a game at MSG, and Marcus Smart goes on Chris Stapps when he was really starting to click and people realized, oh, man, that's a really good pick by the Knicks, which they, of course, messed up. And Marcus Smart really disrupted him. And Chris Stapps still has trouble against smaller guys. It's always kind of been an Anthony Davis thing too. And like that, there are just ways that Brad Stevens deploys his guys, which helps them disrupt those bigger guys out there. And Chris Stapps hasn't been his usual self for the first, however many games it's been 10 games that Dallas has played. And you know, the net rating shows that he's got the worst one on Dallas, but slander. I say there's, there's a reason that, that, that Brad Stevens is a good coach. That's a good coaching trait that he has. So how much is the, are the Celtics? I mean, Marcus Smart is an absolute menace defending bigger guys in the post. He's done it all year and basically his whole career. But the question is, with Gordon Hayward missing, how much does the, the defense with Brad Stevens at the helm take a hit? Like, like Gordon Hayward is a He's, very solid defender. Brad rants and raves about how Hayward makes the right read all the time. And so I think that applies to... Mostly offense, but I'm sure it applies to defense as well. Like, can they replace him with just another super athletic I guy? I think the who offense can... suffers more because you can go Shimmy, you can go Grant Williams, you can go other good defenders. Javante Green is a freak. Brad Wanamaker is super solid. But it's the offense where his playmaking, there's a drop-off from whoever you have now versus Gordon Hayward, who was playing at an all-star level before he went down to injury. Well, you know what's so interesting about not having Hayward is that at least this year, he always delivers. <laughs> <laughs> Jay was so not ready for that. Fred just teed me up. And now here I am. 
Also, there's another app that always delivers. Oh, really? What a coincidence. Your sweatpants are <laughs> on for the day. Imagine this. Imagine this. Your sweatpants are on for the day, but you are sick of microwave leftovers and frozen pizza. Enter DoorDash, restaurant quality food with a living room dress code. You know how that you know that's how the kid lives. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. We're all sitting here in my living room. We, we could get some DoorDash. We could get some DoorDash. I use DoorDash. The I'm, other week. I'm wearing like real life pants, unfortunately, so I don't know if I qualify for DoorDash, but I, I could just order it. No, anyway. that's the thing about DoorDash. Break you the door can wear whatever you want. Your living room dress code could be full tuxedo, <laughs> but you could still get DoorDash. Imagine if you were a DoorDash delivery person and you showed up and the guy was sitting in his living room in a tuxedo. Well, say you wanted to cater your fancy gathering at your home and you wanted a local buffalo wings no matter what you're wearing doordash has a deal for you right now our listeners can get five dollars off their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the doordash app and enter promo code celtics that's five dollars off your first order when you download the doordash app from the app store and enter promo code celtics don't forget that's promo code celtics for five dollars off your first order from doordash i feel like Every time I say an ad and repeat all that, all the promo codes a million times in a row, like I'm just demeaning the listeners. No, because like, you're like giving I'm, the listeners I'm ample opportunity like to save five dollars. Because what if they didn't? What if they didn't remember the promo code Celtics? Like that's that's a pretty difficult one to remember while listening to uh, the Anything Is Potable podcast. So you know, you're just giving them ample opportunity to save money. I used that promo code the other day. I got some uh, some wings. It was uh, delicious. I was wearing sweatpants. It was a perfect opportunity. <laughs> I'm glad we got to continue on with that ad a little bit. <laughs> we can move on to basketball talk now. I got it. I got it. Here's the reason I'm not concerned about this: uh, the Boston Celtics with Gordon Hayward being out. And Fred, oh, please, you're an objective observer from the outside. We're going off script here. We had a script. We're just switching the order a little bit. And, and Jalen Brown is playing at an all-star level. Jalen Brown is playing out of his mind. And I would say, I think Kemba's going to be an all-star from the Celtics. And I would say if they have a second all-star, at this point, it's going to be Jalen Brown. He learned how to dribble, which is not something he was known for before. He can suddenly drive going to his left and has, like, finesse around the rim. He's been just, like, he's made a leap this year. And I can say that in a small sample size. So, Fred, as the objective observer covering other teams, is Jalen Brown an all-star? You know what's interesting? You, you guys follow Nate Jones on Twitter? I big, do. Big Nate Jones Twitter big guy. Big Nate Jones Twitter guy. Great follow. So Nate made a really good point on Twitter the other day. Saying whenever you see, like, oh, I forget if he was talking about wings or not, but I'm going to talk about wings. Whenever you see a wing take his game to the next level, it's usually because his handle got better. And that's usually the thing that opens up everything else. And, like, Jalen Brown looks, looks a little tighter. Like Wiggins over this stretch that he's having where he looks better. His whole thing was he couldn't distribute, but it was because he had he didn't have a handle. Like he wasn't able to get by guys. He wasn't really able to dribble at an elite level for a wing. Looks a little bit better. There, it looks like there's a little bit more hope in the Andrew Wiggins situation now. Yeah, Jalen Brown's handle is really good, and I feel like that opens up so or, or a lot better. I should say. I feel like that opens up so much more of his game because now all of a sudden when you can do stuff off the dribble. And you can do it at a competent enough level. That means you can pass better. It means you can shoot better. It means defenses are thinking more about, oh, no, 
even if it's just a guy who's guarding you, it's just one extra thing for that guy to think about. I have no idea if he's an all-star. I'm just continuing the conversation with an irrelevant point. I haven't thought about it. Maybe. I mean, I guess the Celtics are eight, the Celtics are eight and one. So if they're going to have the best record in the East, then like, yeah, he, he would be the second guy because Tatum, Tatum was scoring well, but he's still his shot profile is still not great and the one for 18 i haven't looked at his numbers since since that game last night one but for 18 wasn't great the um, one for 18 must have derailed his this conversation his reminds me but brown's been of, better than tatum this year i would say so yeah like, i mean he's, he's been more he's been more efficient for sure he's gotten to the paint he's finished at the rim he's drawn more free throws than ever he's doing a lot of good things this conversation reminds me of when I think it was maybe last year, maybe even like the end of the year before, I was looking into a story about Jalen's improvements, and Al Horford told me he's like the pocket pass he made to Aaron Baines the other day. Like he never would have been able to make that before, and he spends a lot of time working on it. Yada yada yada. And I went to Jalen and I told him that. Al had been impressed with the pocket pass. He's like, well, I couldn't really make any pass before. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, touche. But now he's throwing lobs. He had one pass against Dallas where he threw the ball at least like 400 feet in the air, and it still found, I believe, Tice, who was the intended target. He is getting to his left like never before. And every time you ask him about it, he's like, well, the opportunity is really different now. And it's just I, immediately throwing Kyrie under the bus. I, I love it. I think I think the opportunity does make a big difference. I don't know whether he's an author at this point, but he's averaging like 20 points, 7 rebounds on 53% shooting. So if he's not an all-star, he's really close to it. So, I mean, obviously it's really early. He's still got to continue it. But, but if you're talking about opportunity, when he, that's the big thing he mentions, he's clearly going to have the opportunity to be the second guy or maybe the third guy, depending on like what Tatum does. I think, I mean, it's been a very, very small sample size. They scored 30 against the Spurs, something like 25 last night with double, double 11 boards. His just ability, as Fred mentioned, like that ball handling around the perimeter, he's much more willing to engage in some fancy dribbling, doing stuff behind the back, but he's, he's just in, he's always been kind of homicidal Jalen, like in full attack mode, but his ability to kind of change speeds and be more patient with it. I think it's just think he's like his game has opened up in a way that is makes him much more dynamic in that I do think he can be uh, the guy like the guy who leads a second unit. Like I think I would never have said that last year about him. I would have thought that Tatum had to be the guy who step up and kind of be the go-to person, but I think you can have lineups where it's just Jalen Brown and four bench players or Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart or even Jalen Brown and Tatum on the court at the same time. I think we saw that last night with Kemba on the bench and it felt like with the night that Tatum was having, Brown was the guy who had to step up, and he did. And so I think he's plenty capable of doing it. And so I think with Jalen Brown hopefully scoring 20 points a game, Kemba, whose ability to just, like, in the second half, just go off and uh, and then just whatever Jason Tatum can give you, I think he's still going to score at least 25 points a game. I just don't think the offense, combined with how well the Celtics defense are playing, I just don't see it as, like, as big of an issue. You know, I'm running through it in my head right now. And, like, how many locks are there at forward for All-Star in the East right now? It's like Giannis, or I, I should say it, in the front court. Giannis, Embiid, Jimmy Butler probably gets in Siakam. there. Siakam. 
Siakam's going to take. So the Kawhi went west. So the Kawhi spot open. Will Siak- we'll put Siakam in there. Uh, other forwards, Middleton. He just got hurt. I don't know if he. But Middleton, Middleton wasn't an All Star. He just made the All Star team. Middleton was. Let's not slander Chris was, Middleton too. We got Chris Stapp slander. We got. No, Chris I think he, he was an All Star. If, if no, 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 he was literally an All Star. No, no, but I'm looking at it, starters and reserves right now, and it doesn't have D'Angelo Russell on the list, and it does have Middleton. So I no, 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 no. Middle, Middleton was literally an All Star last year. I'm just saying that Middleton is not a guy who I look at and it's like, well, I guess since he was an All Star last year, he's making it. So like Embiid is going to be an All Star no matter what. If you play well, you're going to outplay Middleton. Middleton made it on there because the Bucks had the best record in the Eastern Conference, and they needed a so second All Star. Going on, I don't know if I can. It's Chris Middleton's take, a great. Jay, learn how to give a take. Chris, Chris Middleton, Middleman Jay. What do you think Chris about Blake Griffin? Is Jalen Brown better? Oh, Blake Griffin. Blake, Blake Griffin, Griffin is on there. Blake Griffin's if awesome. Blake Griffin is healthy. Blake, Blake Griffin, Griffin is, great. is so damn good now, and nobody realizes how good he is. His, his career because is he plays so weird. with so many. Bum ass wings and perimeter players. But his career is so weird because how many dudes come into the league as a rookie, make the all star team as a rookie, immediately become one of the most famous players in the league, then get significantly better than that and somehow become underrated? It's just a Blake Griffin effect. It's, it's such a weird, almost anymore. unprecedented thing because he's a, yeah, he's amazing. If he's healthy, he's surefire. He he's must, healthy. He, he must work so damn hard too because he's gotten so much better at every single thing, every single year he's been in the league, even as his athleticism diminishes and he deals with all sorts of like Knicks and Knacks. Knicks and Knacks. Also. <laughs> Former Nick Ooh. and someone who's dealt with some Knicks and Knacks lately, and his cancer. De- dealt with dealt with Kevin Knox. Yeah, that too. <laughs> some Knox there. So Ennis Cantor, Nick's Knox and Knacks. Return to the Celtics line. And Nick Knacks, so many. Nick-Nacks. I'm really curious to see how Brad Stevens handles his center rotation now because everyone thought Cantor was going to be the starter coming into the season. Everyone basically speculated that. Cantor was going to start. Preseason, he didn't look like the starter. He was probably going to come off the bench most of the time, except against Joel Embiid and the Monsters of the World. But now, Daniel Tice has been playing really well. Robert Williams has shown himself useful off the bench, just swatting shots all the time, even though he still makes a lot of defensive positioning mistakes, which can be funny. Um, But now Cantor comes back, and the Celtics are... Top top two in offense. Their defense has been really damn good. How does he fit in, and where does Brad Stevens utilize him? I think that's right now one of the most fascinating questions facing the Celtics because this is a guy who expected to play huge minutes, and now he comes back, and there are two other centers playing really well for a team that's never going to play more than one big man at a time. And the thing that's interesting is he only played, what, six minutes against the Mavericks? Like, And Brad said after the – like. It was funny. Brad was asked before the game, any minutes restrictions on Ennis Cantor? Like, is any like uh, anything going to happen? Is he just going to play normally? He's like, yeah. And then after the game, he's like, Brad, Ennis only played six minutes. What's up, there? Oh, we were never going to play him log minutes at all. Like, we, uh, we had no intention of doing that. So he's clearly, like, still hurt a little bit. But the question is, how does he fit in? We talk about the high-flying Celtics defense of just flying around, doubling everyone, being super athletic. Not normally Ennis' thing to be super athletic and flying around on the defensive end. 
the Celtics have really struggled about getting rebounds, and certainly that's something that uh, Ennis can do. But I, I don't know. For some reason, I think of him more as an offensive rebounder than defensive rebounder, but he certainly provides more size. But if you talk about like the way they're playing defense right now, it just doesn't feel like he's a, a logical fit. He's always been a guy who's been criticized for not being able to move his feet and not really being um, like able to be on the perimeter. And so he certainly can't do what like match the athleticism of Tyson Time Lord at this point. Fair. Fair. He he can't. And but he does other things that none of those guys do. Like he's a great finisher at the basket. But do you he's, change do you change what you're doing just to get like that what? 15 minutes of Ennis Cantor finishing at the basket and, and like and that's why I think it's really interesting and especially cuz you're going to need him against the Joel Embiid's of the world and he did a really good job against Embiid on opening night. Like so he's a spot starter against Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond like what who else but I, like, I I don't think Robert Williams is in a place where you can't cut away from his minutes. But I also think like Tice Tice has played really well. Tice has been super solid on both ends of the court. Danny Two Blocks, as the streets is calling him, as as Packard is calling him, Packard now referring to himself as the streets. That's literally my thing. I literally just spend all Celtic season trying to come up with new nicknames for guys, and then say people are saying, and then I mean, it, it started off with Bay Crowder, and no one ever really caught on to that. You asked Crowder about the Bay Crowder nickname yeah, I that asked, you bestowed upon him. I and I framed the question by saying. Many people are calling you Bay Crowder when no one had done that. But it's uh, it's a good strategy. I mean, Tito Three Sticks, this is what's going on. Danny Two Blocks is going to catch on. But Tice has been playing out of this world. He's, like, I did not expect this at all, to him to be step up and be what well, should be the starting center now. He's stretched the floor. He's, like, very reliable, like, hustle plays left and right. And we talked about earlier, like, they did a great job on LaMarcus Aldridge with Tice and Robert Williams, two six foot eight centers. And so the the weaknesses we thought the Celtics would have coming into the season and the weaknesses we thought they would need Ennis Cantor for, they may not need him for anymore. And so I think it's going to be really interesting to see what what Brad decides to do with that center rotation because, I mean, Cantor, he's useful in some ways, but he also takes away from some things the Celtics have done really, really well over the first nine games of the season. They've really struggled giving up offensive rebounds, and I think that's just the nature of like them playing small. And so teams drive, and like the the big, if it, whether it's Robert Williams or Tice, is going to try to protect the rim, and it kind of leaves them exposed. But if they're still winning games and they're kind of like surviving, like at what point do you try to change what you're doing just because you're getting hurt so, mo- so much with second-chance points? Like it just... It feels like by putting a plotting center in there, it completely changes their defensive profile and their ability to fly around and double and get in rotation. And so I I just don't – I wouldn't be surprised if Ennis just didn't have uh, – like didn't have a, like a defined role. He was more of a, just a spot guy. Now my question for experienced Ennis Cantor reporter Fred Katz over here, how is he going to react to not being, not being utilized uh, – he basically came in and thought he was going to be the starter, and now it's like his role's uh, less defined. Don't know. He varies. <laughs> high variance guy. High, like high variance man. personality. Most interesting man in the world. Uh, one of the most interesting men in the world. He's, he's, he's somehow in some ways extremely immature, and yet in other ways in a legitimate war of words with a legitimate dictator. 
He's so, in DC right now. Uh, it coincides with Erdogan's visit to uh, to DC. It's it's Wild incredible. Stuff. He um I I don't know how he'll react to be honest because in Oklahoma City when I covered him, it was no problem at all. He came off the bench the whole time, and he came off the bench behind Stephen Adams. He was on good teams, not unbelievable teams, but but good, one one really really great team, which was the 2016 team that took the Warriors to seven in the Western Conference Finals, and then the Westbrook MVP year, they won 47 games, and he came off the bench, and it was never a problem. You had no issue with it. He would randomly play six minutes against, you know, when they play the Warriors or play Houston or something like that, and it was it never, ever seemed to be a problem. And I don't know if part of that was just kind of the relationships we had with people in the locker room. He was, like, one of his best friends in the world is Steven Adams, who he was behind. So, so he's just got to befriend Tice. If he becomes best friends with Tice, then you got some different all, international it, flavor, but still fun. Yeah, but it was it, never an issue. It but all then comes the, down to whether Tice can right can connect with him. Then the Knicks move him to the bench, and uh, but that's he's different. Not like, he was playing behind nobody. He was playing behind Mitchell Robinson, and nobody. Like yeah. he wasn't playing at all. Right, and it was Mitchell Robinson and nobody. Right, and and like he was miserable there. Because of that entire situation was just dreadful, uh, but but I just I don't know. I mean, look, if you're eight and one, he doesn't seem like a guy to me who would be furious based on my experience with him about moving him. I think if you're winning, he's a really competitive dude. I think we saw that when he had that shoulder injury and was like, "Screw it, I'm playing in the playoffs." He's a really competitive dude. He really wants to win. So I think. I think he really wants to win mostly just for the Instagram posts. <laughs> I really think that's his that's his motivation. Or actually for the Twitter. For the Twitter posts, he just wants to win. But uh but but I imagine if like the Celtics are top two or three in the East, my guess is it wouldn't be a problem. Now, if you want awesome Instagram posts, you should get some wonderful sneakers. Have you ever wondered how to get the hottest new sneakers? I have. The ones that have barely hit the shelves? The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. I swear to God. I was outside the Celtics facility the other day waiting for an Uber to take me home. There was a StockX sticker on the back of the Uber car. And I thought the the driver must also work for StockX. I asked him, do you work for StockX? He said, and I quote, no, I just love getting awesome sneakers at less than retail price. This is an absolutely true story. And this sounds like you are getting so much extra money from StockX to say. (laughs) It was an absolutely true story. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, I have never seen someone just have a sneaker company sticker on the back, but he is a committed StockX customer, and he loves StockX because StockX is awesome. StockX uses the same principles as a stock market to make buying and selling as safe and easy as possible. It provides real-time market data for intelligent buying and selling and gives you access to tons of historical price data. You can see exactly how much an item has sold for in the past and how much it's selling for now. Want in on all the hype? Check out StockX.com slash B-Ball for a surprise offer that Ooh. won't be around Can you short long. the StockX market? I don't even know what that means. 
Right. He's asking if you exactly can buy shorts the, uh, on StockX. The stock market. I was just, you know, just asking. just go buy yourself a sticker, put it on the back of your car, and go buy some awesome shoes. I would hope the sticker came free. With you know my what? Stock the only StockX.com/slash/bball. The only problem is that I'm gonna have no use for my new shoes with all the DoorDash I'm ordering in. That's a fr- well. If you want to look cool for the DoorDash guy, you're gonna throw on some new. Right. StockX maybe gear. I can get some. Maybe I can get some dress shoes on StockX. Throw them on with my tux. Order in some DoorDash. You can get watches too. What you you know can get about you that? can get handbags. Maybe. I would hope so. You can you can get handbags there. Handbags, streetwear, sneakers, watches. Plus, if you're using the Game Time app to get tickets to go out about the town, you're going to need to look fresh. You can get stickers apparently. Yeah, stickers. We got. Stickers. I hope all of these companies providing stickers. I'm a big sticker guy. Was it was it like a bumper sticker or was it a sticker in the windshield? It was on the the back window. It was just a StockX sticker. So it was like a parking permit. Yeah it, yeah, it was like in the place of a parking permit. He had just a StockX sticker. And just got to be, I don't want to call him the most loyal StockX customer because every StockX customer, from what I've heard, is that loyal. <laughs> What's uh, a, what are like the pork features on the StockX market? Uh, don't, <laughs> don't ask me stock questions, man. You know I'm an idiot. <laughs> let's oh, get, no, that's why I, let's that's why to, I say these things let's i can't wait it. till the ipo comes out on the new kobe's just, <laughs> just calm down just let's just all no, this is down. a perfect transition to our new uh, our next segment this is another is, thing i know nothing about which is settlers of Catan. no we got i got a full junk drawer full of dumb observations jay that you're just gonna gloss over just to get to well, let's go segment. to the junk drawer now fred i don't know if you uh you've heard of the junk drawer before but um it's our, a regular segment where I uh, I have observations of things that don't necessarily relate to basketball, but come with watching basketball, and it's just basically my chance to empty the junk drawer. And so we'll start off tonight with Chuck the Condor, the Clippers uh, mascot. Last night, halftime ceremony on Veterans Day, they have a 104-year-old guy who stormed the beaches of Normandy. Just a, a, an amazing ceremony, and Chuck the Condor decides to come up to him and give him a dramatic wet willy. And it's that's just fantastic stuff. I'm a big NBA mascot guy, except for Franklin the Dog from see, the Sixers. That guy sucks. A big beef against him. But Benny the Bull, huge fan. See, I disagree because as soon as you talk about storming the beaches of Normandy, I think about Stand by Me and about the little. You don't grit. think of Saving Private Ryan. I think of Stand by Me and the little crazy kid whose father had stormed the beaches of Normandy. And also, like, totally screwed up his ear, but whatever. You don't mess with somebody who's stormed the beaches of Normandy. You don't slander someone like that. You do not slander, give them a Slander? Since when is a wet willy slandering someone? That You don't know the definition of slander. Libelous. That's another <laughs> crime that's different. I believe that refers to solely print, uh, but go on. No, that's all I got. I just think that guy fought for the right to uh, for Chuck the Condor to give him a wet willy. That's why you fight fascism abroad, so your mascots can come back. All right, let's get to the next wet one. Willies. All right, um, Brad Stevens' uh, favorite adjective, he was describing players as a joke. We almost named this podcast, this podcast is a joke. It usually means players are really good. This season, he has not done it once. Things have been stupid, but thing, and things have been a problem. But I think Brad has a burner account, and he's been noticing on things because he's not been describing anything as a joke. Have you searched on Twitter for a joke? I don't think Brad Stevens would Brad tweet Stevens's... out that thing. Uh, Brad Stevens has a burner account. He's the not tweeting. Search for Luca. A joke. 
Then you find Brad. You're going to find my tweet from last night where I tried to ask Brad. Next. 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 Uh, All right. Last night, Boban and Taco were in the same room. No one got a picture of them next to each other. That feels like a crime against humanity. But that's because Taco was sitting next to Celtics owner Wick Gooseback. I know, but it's two tall guys who are known for being tall and Kadeem Allen never got that seat front row. Let me tell you. Wick could have taken the picture. He's got a nice phone with a camera on it. (laughs) It just feels like a big... That seems... That seems like an assumption to me. <laughs> I'm stereotyping. <laughs> Just because he's an owner, he's got a smartphone. A phone. <laughs> Is that offensive? He could, you never know what, what type of phone Wick It's true. He could have a See? Motorola Razor. Assume it makes an ass out of you and me. Next. The Celtics went on a rare 10 to negative uh, 3 run last night uh, because there was a uh, three-point shot that was taken after the shot clock and it got reviewed later. So that's weird. No. Great point. Normally, I do this junk drawer and like I'm all alone, but now I'm getting all these judgment eyes from these two guys. No, I love it. Um, Apparently, Carson Edwards, Grant Williams, and Romeo Langford have a shipping up to Boston dance that goes on before every pregame thing. I've only seen tweets about it. Can you describe the dance for me? Because I didn't see it. I can't. See, last night I got kicked out. So normally, I'm in the cool section in the corner, but I got kicked upstairs because some guy named Bob Ryan was here (laughs) taking my normal seat. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah, well, we're gonna what has to, that guy ever done? We're going to have to lodge a complaint with Celtics PR for for ranking Bob Ryan ahead of you on the list of people who should be sitting in the bottom. bottom it's, just, it's upsetting, okay? I've been doing this for, what, three years now? <laughs> you think like your reputation precedes you a little bit. Uh, moving on. Celtics changes to in-game entertainment. They, they presented a new game, uh, Tic-Tac-Toe. Where someone had to make a layup, and then once they made a layup, they could run and put their piece on. Classic goof. No one knows how to play tic-tac-toe. The guy failed miserably. First, he couldn't make a layup, and then so he was like three pieces behind, and he just didn't realize, like he had an ample chance to to block the tic-tac-toe. And it's just, I appreciate the Celtics, because they have one of the worst in-game entertainments in the league, and so I appreciate them trying new things. Um, but this is much better than Match Game, which they tried a week ago. Jay, Might your be connect four time. That wouldn't work on a great scale. Stop rushing me. Um, Marcus Smart had a cool behind-the-back pass off an offensive rebound that the other day. That was delightful. Jalen Brown had a cool cross-court pass, uh, bounce pass in transition. That was pretty dope. I don't know if it was cross-court, more of just like a look-ahead pass. But so it, it went from one end of the court to the other, would you say? Uh, but cross-court, I normally think left to right. This time it was full-court, more of a full-court pass. When I say cross-court, court, Fred, what do you think? Left to right? Left to right, for See? sure. Next. Oh, democracy, man. Um, I like how I can just, just dismiss you by saying next. I just want to make it clear that even if I didn't agree with Jay, which I do, I still would have agreed with Jay just to... Why? He's an idiot. I just... I, I was <laughs> looking forward to seeing... Man I, was, I was looking forward to seeing your reaction. Uh, you, uh, you seem like you need to be taken down a pet after your shit talking to Bob Ryan. I didn't shit talk <laughs> Bob Ryan. I just think I deserve a better seat. It's not, <laughs> I can't even say that. <laughs> uh, outside the garden last night, I saw a shirt. You know the famous um, LeBron is a douche shirt that uh, I think 
Rajon Rondo famously posed with a picture with, uh, I think it was Miss Samantha May of Celtics Twitter. They've updated it for Kyrie as a douche shirt, which I th- I didn't that, I didn't realize that. That's but a I, new like, wrinkle. That's ingenuity, and that so is a new wrinkle. I like that. I think it's uh, it's going to be very fun when he comes back. This I don't is think a full would, junk drawer right now. I, you criticized me last time for having a uh, a flimsy junk drawer, so I decided to come with a notebook full <laughs> with junk. His notebook has a sketch in it of some guy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who it is. It's it's a diagram of a cross court pass. Yeah. No, it's Bob Ryan. I was sketching him <laughs> up on the ninth floor <laughs> next. It's Bob Ryan's name crossed out in lipstick. <laughs> also, <laughs> man, I'm glad I called that guy. <laughs> Walking home from the TD Garden last night on the side of you, like, over, overlooking 93, it had the score and the amount of time left. That's public safety issue because say I'm driving down 93, I see there's 50 seconds left in the game, and I want to see what's going on. So you turn on Sean Grandy. On WEI. What if you? What if the, you see the clock like tricking down, and if he's on the sports 90 hub, ninety-eight five, the sports hub. Yeah, but what if you're like you and you don't know what station to tune into? I just think it's like we got to be thinking about what we're showing the viewing public. And I don't know if they play it live during the games. I only saw it after the game, but it's an issue. Next, okay. Finally, the most important thing uh, in the junk drawer. Uh, after what was a game on Thursday against the Hornets? Uh, after Marcus Smart yelled at Brad Stevens. Um, Brad Stevens had the quote that you're talking about Marcus Smart, and he ended it with, um, I love him and I trust him. And ever since that, I quote tweeted that and said, I love him and I trust him. It started a whole movement on Celtics Twitter where people are just quote tweeting that and saying, I love him and I trust him. I just got 300 retweets and 2,000 likes, which is a big, big number for me for basically just saying the same thing, but it's a whole movement. People love Marcus Smart and they trust him. We have gotten to the point where you're patting yourself on the back for starting and I love him and trust him. I didn't start it. Marcus Smart did it for being lovable and trustable. (laughs) Brad Stevens started it by having the great quote. Okay. I'm just saying that it's been a fun movement to be a part of. I'll retweet it anytime I see it. Also a fun movement? Settlers of Catan Oh my God. Do you have a place to go? Do you have to meet someone? Grant Williams is Settlers of Catan. We... In this segment, for those of you who don't listen to us, we name the four players from the week who deserve to to sit at Grant Williams' Settlers of Catan table and play a wonderful game of Settlers of Catan. One of these days we're going to have to play with Grant Williams. You just don't seem genuine when you're describing it right now. I'm as genuine <laughs> as a Settlers of Catan player could be. Orchestrator, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go with... The obvious, Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker, 24 points in the second half against the Mavericks. That dude, it almost seems like the first half he's just like chilling. He's like, I'll let other dudes do stuff. I'll let Jalen Brown get in a rhythm. I'll let Gordon Hayward do what he wants. I'll let everybody spread their wings and fly and do what they want. And then when the second half comes, I'm probably going to hit like five or six three-pointers and score 20-something points and carry my team to a victory in the fourth quarter. The thing that's awesome about Kemba and what makes him very— He got whiplash, though. He did get whiplash, but after giving the Mavericks whiplash, you know what I mean, with all those dazzling three-pointers, how do you—the way he moves off ball is something that Kyrie never did, and I don't know how you— That's actually true. —kind of guard him coming off off a pick because he's just so—his ability to change speeds is remarkable. And he cuts so hard. It's uh, Isaiah did that too. Isaiah ran so hard off the ball. Kyrie never really had that in his repertoire. He was incredible on the ball. He could shoot like hell off the ball. 
but he didn't have that hard cutting. I think that's one of the differences between them. Obviously, there are a lot of other differences, but... Let me ask you guys something. You've seen every second that Kemba has played. You saw all of Kyrie's time. I'm not asking who the better player is. Kemba. And, and, okay. Well, I said I'm not asking that. Who knows what I'm going to ask now? Ignoring all the the off-the-court stuff. And maybe it's impossible to do that. But ignoring all the the off-the-court stuff, is Kemba a better fit from a pure basketball perspective than Kyrie? That is a very good question. And I, I think it has to come with all the other stuff. And I think, so their styles are, like, it's weird because the stats they post are very similar, but their styles are so different. Like, Kyrie wanted to, like, break you off and cross over 12 times in your face and just kind of make you look bad. Whereas Kemba just, like, goes 100 miles per hour and then stops on a dime and creates separation. And, like, he doesn't. I, I don't know. Like the the differences are stylistically, they're so different. It's also weird because Kemba feels like he's much better fit. We talked about him moving off ball, of like playing within the Brad Stevens offense of like read and react, like a lot of motion movement. And Kyrie got criticism for that. But then also, Brad like they just didn't run pick and roll with Kyrie that often when Kyrie was here, and it feels like they're running a lot more pick and roll this year. And so who knows? Maybe Kyrie would have been that much better if. Uh, he was given like, and, kind of the same opportunity. And I think it's a lot of it's like playing with Al Horford. He's not a roll big. He's much more of a like pick and pop big. And, and it just changes like what they do. Kemba's more committed to like modern basketball, if that makes sense. Like he's going to take more threes. He's going to take more free throws. He's going to like in, live in the margins that make your team better. Whereas Kyrie didn't do that, but he was still more efficient than Kemba scoring wise. Like, or at least for his whole career he has been. So, it's, it's a fascinating comparison. I also think I've been really impressed by Kemba's want to on the defensive end. He's, these are like, he tries really hard. He's got a lot really of really hard and very he, willing he to take takes, screens. He takes charges. He's physical. When he switches on people, like he, he has a lot of want to. He's, he used to be really bad defensively. Like, like years ago. Yeah. When he first came to the league, he was really bad. He's been, but you underrated I, his want to. You guys. <laughs> Uh, his will to win. Yeah, he stick to itiveness. Who was uh, who was the baseball announcer? Oh, uh, uh, what's his name? Joe the, Buck. No, the color commentator from the Chicago White Sean Sox. Sean McDonough. He, uh, oh, Harry Carey here. Not Harry Carey. <laughs> oh, the he White was the Sox. Cubs. The color Ron commentator. Darling? No, I'm he just does the Mets. He does the Mets. You're all Don Orsillo. Don Orsillo. I, for, I forget his name now. No, he he he's like extremely anti-analytics in baseball. Extremely anti-advanced stats. You're just naming Mets announcers. Now. Oh yeah, we're talking about White Sox. Yeah, here. he uh, he said Frank uh, Thomas. I can I can see his face now. He 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 said there should be a stack called WTW Will to Win. See, want to. You just gotta you gotta be able to measure the one will to. to win. All right, he's got the WTW, but he's he's been good defensively. Yeah, from the Celtics he teams has. I watched this year, he's, he's got been a lot of want good. to. Got a lot of want to. Next on the sellers of Catan, we'll go with you, Sam. Downtown Jalen Brown. This guy scores Jaylen thirty Brown. points, twenty five points, double yeah. double. He's clearly, clearly, even though he didn't play in one of the games the over this the time frame, he's clearly has been the second best player in the Celtics. Number three, it's a tough one. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little a little unorthodox here. 
Brad Wanamaker. He earned an excellent praise. He earned the excellent praise from Brad Stevens. He had Marcus Smart saying he brings a type of leadership I brought off the bench. He's got a lot of people singing his praises. And he's been sturdy. He's been steady. He's been just kind Better of... Better than not bad, which is where, well, like, a lot of the uh, the making it to the Catan table is about exceeding expectations, and he certainly has done that. Wanamaker so I, has done that. No complaints from me. Because uh, mm-hmm. the, And the other thing is, like, no one else stepped up. You can't put Tatum on there after one for 18. No, no, you, you can't. You can't put Hayward on there for breaking his hand. No, um, shouts to Tatum. Or shouts to Hayward, though. Other nominees, I would say Danny Two Blocks. Uh, yeah. He's been solid, but he hasn't stood out. I think he's just been quite we could, good. We could put him on for his contribution against Aldridge. We could. Uh, what about Javante Green? I was thinking Javante Green, too. But, like... He hasn't done much. He, he made yeah. a corner three, which is big for him. But, like, <laughs> yeah, but, that's pretty low. That's small potatoes right there. Here's the, the only other answer, the only other fallback guy, is when in doubt, go with Marcus Smart. He's getting kicked yeah. in the groin left and right. We got Marcus Smart. He's been literally kicked in the nuts every single game for the last, like, three months. And to the point where he's like, I don't know what it is. I just keep getting kicked in the groin. <laughs> we got to figure this out. <laughs> so his, his kids are going to be born with the worst headaches. From having see, I'm Marcus. not sure how that, that's how it works, Fred. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I'm not sure that's how I'm, it works. I'm, I'm Jay. I'm pretty. I'm pretty clear that's how it works. All right. All right. So do we give it to Marcus Smart? Or do we give it Javante or Danny Two Blocks? Marcus I, Smart. I think it has Marcus, to be Marcus Smart. Smart. He guarded Porzingis. He hit several three pointers. He has just been really, really solid for the Celtics. And if anything, like he was first team All Defense last year. I feel like he's been better defensively this year. He's guarding Kevin Love. He's guarding Chris Stapps Porzingis. He's also your primary defender on Luka for the majority of the game. Yeah, he's guarding whoever the hell they need him to guard. And he's not turning the ball over much anymore. He's And he's got some longer hair now. Is that a big, a big thing for you? No, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> but just thought it was worth pointing out. So, Marcus Smart, welcome to the Settlers of Catan table. I think you'll call everybody else here nerds because maybe you're not a Settlers of Catan guy, but that's okay as long as you go to StockX and DoorDash, StockX.com slash B-Ball. Anything is potable. Yeah. That's it for this episode of the Anything is Potable podcast. Please subscribe to us. We love you all. Anything is potable.